In this episode of the Advanced Selling Podcast, Brian and I talk about things we would never do on spring break, and we have a question from a listener about when to push and when to be patient in the sales process. Welcome back to the Advanced Selling Podcast. It's the longest running sales training podcast created exclusively for sales professionals to help you create your own sales success. I'm Bill Kasky. I'm Brian Neal. <laughs> and we'll be your host for today's episode. Check out the products page at advancedsellingpodcast.com. You can check out the product called All In. It is a comprehensive, and we do mean comprehensive, training solution for salespeople. It's an audio package. Also, the Advanced Selling Podcast Resource Toolkit as well. If you're a listener and you have a question for us, we love the mailbag episodes. In fact, you'll notice that we've been running more and more of those because the questions are so good. You can either send us an email at listener at advancedsellingpodcast.com or preferably record it into your voice memo on your phone and email it on to that address and we'll put it on the air. You will become an instant superstar. You will. People love that too. You share it with all your friends yeah. and family and send it to your grandma. Grandma like, grandma was on a podcast. She's like, what's a podcast? Let me get this blister off. Right. Hang on a second. <laughs> That's a callback. <laughs> and but, but make sure that you have a at least a Rode or equivalent mic. This is that true. you're going to do this. <laughs> Rode is a brand for those of you who are listening that don't know what Rode is. That's a brand of microphone mm -hmm. that we We're are speaking into. into. Spit guards right, right now, aren't we? That's, That's right. right. You know, Brian, yeah. uh, we do a lot of social media here. We're we constantly putting up things on LinkedIn. Yeah. Questions. Yeah. What we think are pithy. Pithy comments, P-I-T-H-Y comments. Sounds like I'm lifting. Yep. Yeah, it does. And uh, sounds like Al Stewart. Ethel Thayer. Another callback. Do you know what Ethel Thayer is from? Huh? It's from the movie on Golden Pond, which I will gladly admit is one of my favorite movies of all time, if not my favorite movie. Most people think it's dreadfully boring. Yeah, I think, it's I think it is too. <laughs> Ethel Thayer. Uh, I don't remember that. Ethel Thayer. That's Catherine Hepburn. Oh, that was okay. her name in the, in the movie. Ethel Thayer. Ethel Thayer. She and then says some pithy Henry things. Henry Fonda, he, when he's saying... Her name's Ethel Thayer. He goes, sounds like I'm lisping, doesn't it? It's just funny. <laughs> anyway. Uh, by the way, speaking of uh, boring concerts, <laughs> are you are you going to see Barry Manilow? He's coming. I'm not, I didn't know. I did. That. He is coming. Did you see I, it? I, I didn't. Coming, I didn't, saw him yeah. in Chicago, so it's bucket list checked off. That's probably enough, yeah. And done. Um, no, my next uh, concert I'm going to see is Yacht Rock Review. Mm, not familiar. It's a cover band. It's a bunch of like 28-year-olds that play music from 1978 to 1982. Oh, really? Uh, you should go, actually. Oh, that sounds really good. Uh, they play like Michael McDonald and Doobie Brothers. Yeah. Uh, they're based out of Chicago, and they're uh, playing here on April 16th. Oh, I would go to Time that. Time You should. Yeah, that would be good. Get tickets. Yeah. And um, the crowd is from 22 to 65. Uh-huh. And every, you know, every word, every, they sing Ambrosia. Oh, and, yeah. And... Uh, uh, Jerry Rafferty, just lots of really uh -huh. cool yacht rock stuff. Awesome. Love it. Anyway, as I started the conversation about pithy <laughs> comments, <us. laughs> uh, even though we uh, we think we have really good content on LinkedIn and we put up some pretty interesting questions, it never fails to amaze me that when you put up something goofy, like crazy, <laughs> stupid caricatures that a designer did of the Advanced Selling Podcast host, those are the ones that get the most comments. The most action far and away, <laughs> without so, question. Yeah, so... Uh, we have a couple up there. So if you're in the group, do you have to be in the group to see those? If you're in the Advanced Selling Podcast LinkedIn group, by all means, go and take a look at these two uh, awful album arts yep. that were created in a, what did the one guy say? I, I said it was created in Fiverr. And he said, are you sure it wasn't Nickler? <laughs> Meaning they weren't worth five bucks. Oh, that was bad. Uh, but anyway, there's some funny, funny things there. Are there any good ones you can read there? I get yours, Brian Neal, but I just can't make the connection to Bill Kasky likeness. <laughs> Is it just me? Have a great Easter. Uh... Are you sure you use Fiverr and not Nickler? That was really funny. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. 
Uh, there's there's a long one too. Um, oh, this one, uh, yeah, Robert, this is really good. Thanks for helping me to continually grow uh, and up my inner game. I've been struggling with my messaging for what seems like an eternity. I've listened to the episode and about five times while taking my kids to school recently. My kids all have excellent personal stories now. Oh, I would imagine that everyone has their own challenges when we're creating a personal story. My challenge is I can offer a lot of solutions, and instead of summarizing, I'm trying to smash info into a shorter time frame. Very good, yeah. Uh, lastly, please look your up, look us up if you're ever in Kansas City. Oh, nice. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Yeah, we'll do that. Moscow Mules. He said he would buy us a couple. Oh, of Moscow I love mules. Moscow yeah. Mules. We talked about that. We did talk we? about that. Yeah, yeah. it's good. So. Anyway, thanks for the uh, notes. Good stuff. Appreciate so go it. that. If you've not joined the LinkedIn group, there's a reason to go see an awful, awful caricature of Bill and myself. Now, how, should I be offended that he goes, I get Brian's, but I don't get yours? <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was, yeah, I should know. I, should I, I just leave know. that alone, or should I say something about it? So yeah, I get Brian's Maybe he thinks fat, fat you cheeks really, and his big, you really look like teeth that with the hair. spiky hair. Well, I love the hair. That's really, really funny. Uh, that's good. Uh, hey, we've got, uh, before we get to our mailbag, if you drive around and have to tr- keep track of your miles, okay, so that's all 150,000 of you listening right now, uh, it's kind of a pain in the tail. And if you're like me, you hate doing things like that. You don't like the expense reports and keeping track of stuff. Well, you don't have to do that anymore now with Mile IQ. Uh, from appointments with clients, meetings, errands, all that stuff. They've, it's all got you chained to your desk. You're one of 60 million Americans driving around like we all do in, in sales. You've got to use Mile IQ to help you do that. Not only are you uh, going to save you yourself a lot of time, but you're also going to save yourself a lot of money. Mile IQ is the number one mileage tracker app more than a million Americans trust Mile IQ to automatically log their drives every single day, automatically. Mile IQ is the only mileage tracker app that detects, logs, and calculates your drives for you automatically. It's incredibly easy to use, as I will attest, and keeps all of your drives securely stored in the in the cloud. The average Mile IQ user logs $547 a month in drives. That's over 6000 bucks a year that you could be claiming that you're not. That is real money, and you almost have to do nothing to track it. MileIQ has got a five-star rating in both Google Play and the iTunes App Store. You don't have to spend wait, uh, time wasting money manually tracking all this stuff. MileIQ does all the work, lets you focus on what's really important. Uh, you can download the MileIQ app for free. Start your free trial right away. Here's what you do. Text SELLING. Text SELLING to 31996 to start your 40-drive free trial. Create an account this week, and you'll also get 20% off an annual plan. Standard messaging rates and data rates do apply. Standard messaging rates and data rates do apply. I have to say that. Text selling to 31996 to start your 40 drive free trial. Create an account this week. Again, you'll get 20% off an annual plan. Text selling to 31996. Go do that right now. You can tell a lot about companies by their sales process. And mm. Mile IQ, the reason we love them as a, as a presenter and a sponsor and a partner, is think about how easy it is to get information on that. You just text a number with a word, and boom, before you know it, you have the email address. You, yes. you have everything there. Rather than you know, go to a website, mileiqs.com, oh, slash great. this, slash that. And it's just very easy. And, and that's the way their app works. It's very easy. It's so, so you can easy. tell a lot about companies in terms of how they market and how and they you, And I'll tell you right now, names. you have no idea how many miles you actually yeah. drive. If you're manually doing it, you're, that's money on the table. And all you got to do is report that and turn it in with your taxes. And away. it's just it's really yeah, it's instant good. money. It's good stuff. So into the mailbag we go. Oh, I had a quick, oh, I had a quick observation sorry. here. Yeah. Uh, my daughter just got back from uh, spring break. She's a yeah. senior in college. So she went with 15, 16 other Sorority sisters on a spring break to Dominican, of Dominican course. Republic. Dominican Republic. Sounds really. Have yeah. You ever been there? I've not. I've really I, wanted to go. I, I've heard, heard it's great. really nice. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, she was getting ready to leave, 
And, you know, whenever your kids go on things like this, it causes you to think back to your days when you were doing spring break. Which was not <laughs> at the break. Dominican Republic <laughs> no, at the time. No, it was no. not. No. No, nor is I, it about what I, I would tell, tell you. I you went did. to Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky. <laughs> anyway, she said, uh, oh, she goes, Mom, I got I to gotta have your uh, iPad or Kindle book or whatever. She goes, I said, what are you taking that for? I mean, reading. Yeah. She goes, well, we're going to do a book club. <laughs> I said, what? what? She goes, yeah, we're going to do a book club every day. Uh, we're going to all read a book and then get together and talk about it. a book club on That's spring just, break. On spring break, <laughs> and I said, and so I said, <laughs> I started thinking, what should I say? What I would have done exactly. with a book on spring break, <laughs> and then I said, well, what's the book you're going to uh, club? <laughs> and she said, um, well, it's Brene Brown, uh, oh, Daring Greatly. Is that wow. what it's called? Daring Greatly. It's about shame. It it's is about, about shame. Yes. <laughs> it's like, oh wow, okay. Where's that going to lead? There was now. a lot. <laughs> I had wow. a lot of shame on spring break, but it wasn't from reading a. Uh, reading yeah, a we've book. got. I've got too many spring break stories <laughs> that don't need to be told in this venue, and it, none of them. <laughs> and they will be purposeful, meaningful. That's a book, right. It wasn't a book. I can tell you that none of them were that. Uh, oh, God man. love the Lanny Kai in Fort Myers, Florida. The Lanny Kai in Fort Myers, Florida. Look it up. It's a hotel. Sixteen <laughs> it, it, guys. It probably doesn't look today like it, like you thought it did. Then. Sixteen guys in one room with two beds. <laughs> It's unbelievable. I have pictures. It was just awful. Pictures. Nothing nothing good came out of that. That will also spurs. Boy, was it fun, though. Yeah. All right. Shame there. Okay. Uh, To the mailbag we go. This is from our friend Jason. I think he said I could use his first. Yeah, you can use my first name on the podcast, Jason. So, Jason, thanks so much for this. I'm going to paraphrase this also. This is a really good question. Uh, Started a job. uh, He says, my aggressiveness started a sales job uh, in October. Said, my aggressiveness has served me well moving the sales process forward on potentially large accounts. When he doesn't get a response, Jason goes and visits. So he'll call into a purchasing agent and trying to get a demo set up. And if he doesn't hear anything, he'll go show up. So he's done that a couple of times and he's moved a couple of really big deals forward. He's got one in particular that he's working on right now where that's happened. Um, The purchasing agent said, let me run this by the business unit manager and see if they want it. And he doesn't hear anything. So he goes and shows up again. And here we go. His, his aggressiveness shows itself. And the business unit manager says, yeah, I've got your contact stuff. I was going to get with you. And and so that's working well. But here's his question. He says, that's working. What he feels like he's doing, though, is he said, am I violating the principle of abundance? Am I potentially walking into pitfalls by not waiting on the purchasing group to move the deal forward? Am I violating the abundance principle by not waiting on purchasing to bring the mountain to me? Uh, if this makes a difference, he said this is a large governmental organization. He's looking for some help. So mm-hmm. do we think Jason is violating our core principle at the Advanced Selling Podcast of the abundant market idea? And if so, if not, what should he do? And I quite think, I frankly think there's another thing that's at play here. Um, you want me to go first? Well, is it is it abundance or is it detachment? Oh, there you go. That it's, was it. Uh, is that what you were going to say? It is. Okay. Well done. Well, like which there are two sides of the same coin. It's hard to feel really abundant if you're scared to death of every deal and Amen. you have to have every deal. So yes. just to clarify, it it is an abundant thing, but it's also detachment. Yeah. Um, well, the first thing that I heard him say was the pride with which he looks at himself in terms of competitiveness and aggressiveness. Yeah. And uh, that's always good on one hand, and then at some point it crosses the threshold yep. to become off-putting. There you go. Good. And so uh, I always wonder, you know, he even said it at the end, move the mountain to me. Yes. I always say, who's selling whom? Right. And if you're in a sales process that's, that's not moving well, they're not calling you back, and you're calling them, and you're taking great pride in showing up and calling back, which I think is, is awesome, but... 
at some point, you move on the other side of that threshold to where you're selling them, and you're the person where this burden is on you to convince and persuade and keep things on track. Yes, yes. I think that's really, really uh, wise of you to say that, Bill. And what I love, what I love about Jason's uh, question more than anything is it tells me that he's self-aware, and I yeah, love yeah, that. And yeah. that's one of the biggest traits that we don't test for when we're hiring salespeople. Uh, and that we should. And that is, do, do I have a high level of self-awareness? So I love that he says, I can feel I'm being aggressive and yeah. it's working. And now he's going, oh my gosh, am I being too aggressive? Right. Wonderful, wonderful way to be in that one, Jason. And for everyone else listening, if you can start to develop a higher, keener sense of self-awareness, I would highly encourage you to work on that. Um, and then here's the thing I think that that is also in this. So there's definitely the acknowledgement of the detachment thing lies within you. And so you can do, and sometimes this is counterintuitive. People kind of get this confused. I can call you, Bill, every 20 minutes and feel detached from the outcome of the response. And that's a yeah. tricky thing, right? Yeah. People think, well, no, if you're calling me, you feel sound desperate. The feeling lies within you. The attachment of an abundance is within you. Um, and then it moves into your behavior and language. There, it's, It takes a really, really gifted person to be able to do aggressive behavior with the sense of detachment. Yeah. And that's right where you're at here, Jason. So remember that, that the detachment abundance is within you first, and it all starts there. Then... There's another element here that is more tactical in nature to me, and that is understanding the um, emotional motivation of each individual constituency base. So purchasing people, right, they have a different motive than a business unit manager does. And I think what's important here to help, in your case, Bill, help them bring them out to us or them to sell us is to understand mm -hmm. how what he's doing helps the individual that's in that seat. So how does what he's doing help the purchasing agent or the purchasing department is one. Then how does it help the business unit management area too? Because I feel a little bit like he's trying to sell a deal yeah, here. Yeah, right? He's yeah, trying, to, that's he's trying to push a deal yeah. forward. Um, yeah. And sort of pull back on that, but not pull back like not with your aggressiveness. Be aggressive with your your um, desire to understand yeah, yeah, how this yeah. helps the purchasing manager. Be aggressive with that, not aggressive to move the deal forward. Yeah, that's good. Couldn't have said it better. I think that's good. And so if you are in deals where this is happening, I think you have to go back and say, what have I done or have I done anything? But, but be self-aware enough to say, what have I done in the first couple of calls or in the first call to create this environment where now I'm chasing them? That's right. And I'll bet you'll come up with something. Either yep. you won't have found, like you said, Brian, the individual circumstances and plight of each person. You might not uh, understand who the decision makers are and, and the process that an order goes through. Yeah. Um, they may not feel like they know you. Maybe you haven't told your story well. Maybe you haven't crafted your message of the value of the product well. There's a lot of things that could have happened in the first call that caused this. Yes. And I think what happens, we were, I was going to get to this last time, and I put this little check mark to remind me, but I didn't look at it. I didn't check it off. Um, sometimes I think we go through the sales process in a check mark sort of way, mm. in a checklist sort of way. Well, did you, do you establish report? Check. Did right. you ask a question? Did you do the upfront agreement? Check. Yeah. Did you ask a pain question? Yep. And, and sometimes there's all this stuff behind the check mark that's that personal stuff mm. which we've been talking about a lot lately seems like on the podcast is yeah. what's all the stuff that's emotional that's the feeling that's the experience you're giving the customer that stuff may not show up on a checklist somewhere no. so you've got to make sure that not only the checklist stuff did i do this but right. how, what kind of experience did i give my customer that's right Here's your pen. Check that off your list. That was good. Okay, you said that's that, good. Right? I check. did put a check, check. mark. There. It was kind of ironic Thanks. that you did put a check mark. I know. Talk about yeah. check marks. That's right. 
something going on there. Um, this is also a thing. Now, this is just not, I, you know, I'm sure some of ours, I've got clients that sell to government agencies. And I think this might also come into play when you're selling to just a big, large organization. I'll stereotype too, if you sell to big conservative groups. Mm-hmm. So think of, I'm stereotyping a lot here, but insurance companies or banks, the companies that just tend to be more conservative just in everything that they do, sometimes the best thing to do in this is to practice patience yeah. because yeah. The, the, you have to be aware of these surroundings, right? So if you're calling on a uh, startup company, you might be able to be a little bit more aggressive because that's, that's kind right. of culture. Right. Like, go, 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 that's go. Right. Here, government agency, I take Bill's advice to say, be careful your aggressiveness isn't isn't off-putting because mm-hmm. I think it might be, and you're just going to have to have some patience with the way that they work their own process. Are pharmaceutical companies and, and the big drug, big pharma, are yeah. they conservative, do you think? I think they are. I yeah, think they are, yeah, too, because they're all re- rules and regulations. Yeah, very yeah. high rules and reg. Uh, also, lots of layers there. Yeah. Yeah, so things like I've got a, a client that does some marketing work for people like that, and Every single, I've got a client in the medical business that every, I I was trying to teach them about putting together um, their own, either a story sheet or something like that around the idea of expert persona. Uh And they said, we we can't do that because everything they give to hospital doctor has to be approved by the FDA. And it's like, wow. Okay. So yes, I would say yes. Same way in the financial business, you know, uh, this rules and requirements for what you can claim, what you can say. Yep. Uh, and I, I do think sometimes in that world, they use that as an excuse not to do anything. Yes. Um, but uh, the point is that rules and regulations. So if you're calling on conservative companies, sometimes it's patience. But it still gets back to, are you doing the things up front yes. that create the environment where your customer is grabbing you and saying, yes. how quickly can you get back yep. here? Yeah, regardless of when it is. Yeah. Sometimes it takes courage to do that, and sometimes it takes courage to build a small business. So don't risk what you work so hard for. Protect your small business today with Hiscox. Hiscox offers a new way to buy small business insurance. They tailor their small business coverage to fit your needs, allowing you to buy only what you need. Policy starts. Policy start at $22.50 per month. It's easy. You can order online or over the phone from a licensed advisor in minutes. Opening any small business comes with a risk. Hiscox can keep you protected. Don't wait to purchase coverage for your small business. Visit Hiscox today to learn more about their services and to get a free quote. That's H-I-S-C-O-X dot com. Good stuff. Thank you, Jason. Mailbag, if you've yeah, uh, question. not uh, ever done so, send a question in. People love to, uh, we love to do it. Obviously, we love to do it. And people love to hear their question read and gives them a little coaching. You know, there's lots of layers underneath these questions, too. And you might yeah. say, well, geez, why can't you guys just give them him a straight answer, yes or no? And and we would if it was a straight question. But these are these are complicated issues. And it all a lot of it depends on the kind of person Jason is or you are and the kind of person your customer is and the kind of circumstance. So we, we like to add layers to it so you can take what you get here and put it apply it into your own world. It would be a short podcast, too, wouldn't it? Yes and no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So should I, did it, should I? <laughs> yep. Yes, Next. we would. Thanks for that. Uh, does it for today's episode. Yes, I think people would like that. That'd be interesting. By the way, do we ever acknowledge the guy who could hear you writing in pencil while I talked? Did you? No, we, I don't think we I, did. We, we had a guy send a note in that said he enjoys listening to Bill write in pencil while Brian <laughs> well, talks. So Brian somehow talks. your pencil on the table, because I just hit a glass, it probably resonated through the speaker. So, so yeah. if you ever, if you ever we'll hear try Bill, that, yeah. Bill is a big pencil that fan. Could become part thing, of, so. uh, it could be a segment. Part of your brand. Yeah. Part of your brand. Right. So Okay, that does it for today's episode. If you've not downloaded a free copy of our Ultimate Pregame Audio Program, go do that right now. UltimatePregame.com is where you find it. And we're on the road again. Send us an email if you want us to come talk to your sales team, uh, your association, national sales meeting. 
We'd love to come out and see you. We have lots of fun with that. And if you talk to the people that have had us come in, they would tell you that it was a really, really, really good time and fun thing to do. Just shoot us an email, listener at advancedsellingpodcast.com. Put come see us or come see me in the subject line. We'll get that started for you. And if you haven't done so already, go get the app. The app's the best way to consume the uh, podcast. Go to the iTunes app store, Advanced Selling Podcast, and uh, you will thank me later for that. That's it. We'll see you next time in the latest episode of the Advanced Selling Podcast. Bye.